guys ready for a great message? Not from me. Uh, <laughs> we actually, you guys have a special treat this morning. We have Pastor Dave Barr from New Hope Whitterwood in the house. You're going to be blessed. You're going to laugh. You're going to be challenged. Uh, And the message on Friday was awesome. Um, But I want to say one thing because I want to thank personally Pastor Dave and New Hope Winard for being an awesome, incredible church in the community of Kanyele. Can we give a hand for that? Yeah. You know why? Because I'm born and raised in Kanyele. And I, I love the fact that there are good churches we are one of them. Yeah, you know what I mean? That I love that we're here making a difference in my community that I grew up in. And I believe uh, Pastor Dave and New Hope are doing the same thing down there by the theaters. Uh, and it's just amazing because I'm running into people from our church, from New Hope. And there's other great churches here. But I love that we're just reaching people. It's just not a competition. Amen? We're kingdom-minded, and we love that. And so we got Pastor Dave. So you know what? With that said, because of the impact that they've done in my community that I live live in, can we welcome Pastor Dave? Can we stand to our feet and welcome Pastor Dave Boar? Come on. Give him a hand. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. Give it up for Tom, you guys. Don't you love Tom? (laughs) Please be seated. Thank you for that warm welcome. Oh, it's great to be here. I've been looking forward to this for months. And a little bit about our church. So we meet at the Windward Mall at the Regal Cinemas. And and then we have a location in Kailua. And we broadcast into the prison and Hinamalka and and Pearl. And so we're one church in multiple locations. And the reason I bring that up is because uh, none of our locations have one of these. (laughs) A building. All of our locations are portable. And we've been portable for 19 long years, setting up, taking down. And so when I walk into your building, I'm like, I want one of these guys. Like, what's wrong with me? How come I don't have one? So just uh, extend a hand towards me. Just pray for me right now because I have major building envy, okay? But, uh, and, and your church, you can put your hand down. Thanks. It was just a joke. Uh, so, but, but, but. As Tom just said, your church has such a kingdom heart. And what that means if you're new to Christianity is that, 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 that the Bible says we're all one church. Like all Christians are in the same family. So New Hope Winward family is a part of Anchor family. We just meet at different locations and have different names for our church. But we're one Ohana, right? And so your church lives that out so enormously. So I'll give you just one of many examples, but uh, m- several months ago, we found out that our trailers and our trucks couldn't be parked at a place where we were leasing space to park them at during the week. And so we find out on a Monday, and we had no place to take. I mean, there's like tons of huge trailers full of portable church equipment. And so we're like freaking out because like there's not a lot of land in Kaneohe and Kailua to store trucks. I mean, it just is the reality here. And so I was praying, and I felt, like, I felt like the Lord was saying, hey, reach out to Anchor Church and see if you can store the, the trailers and trucks there. And so I reached out. I called Guy Souza and, uh, and asked Carl, and I just said, hey, you know, until we find a place, like we just need a place for a week. Give us a week to store our equipment here. And then be just, would that be okay? We'll just store it in the very bottom of your parking lot. We'll try to stay out of the way. And uh, Guy and Carl said, store it for a week? Why don't you just keep it here? I'm like, what? 
And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, we'll just take all the money we're given that company and we'll gladly give it to you guys and whatever else you want to charge us. And they're like, charge you? Are you kidding? We won't take your money. And I was like, what, what? <laughs> so, I mean, that is like, who does that? That is a kingdom heart. And that all starts with God's heart and then your Pastor Carl Moore's heart. Would you give it up for Pastor Carl and the team? Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. So one other quick little thing. So I'm in a small group with Pastor Carl. I've been in it with, with him for years. And this small group was started by Dan Chun. He's a pastor at First Press Church in Honolulu here in Kaneohe at Ko'olau Golf Course. And so Dan started this small group years ago and he wanted to mentor young pastors. So he calls the small group YPAG, which stands for Young Pastors Accountability Group. So Young Pastors Accountability Group. And so that's the name of the group, and me and Carl have been in it for years. And uh, we've been in it for years, and, and we just decided that years from now, the group is going to be called Young Pastors Accountability Group, because we're not young anymore. <laughs> it makes us feel good. So anyhow, but hey, all of that to say, I thought it was funny. It came out much worse than I thought, but... Thanks for the courtesy laugh. Uh, but I want to tell you this, because I'm in a group with Carl and it's an accountability group, uh, it's a very honest and open group. And your pastor is the real deal, you guys. Like, he, he has such a love for God, such a love for you, such a, a pliable, open, non-bitter, non-judgmental, God, whatever you want to do in my life, just do it kind of heart. And I'm telling you, I, I, I have the privilege of knowing a lot of pastors, and you don't always find that kind of heart. And so I'm telling you, you guys are so blessed to have Pastor Carl here. And so when you see him, thank him for that, you know, because he's worked hard to do that. And I'm honored to be his friend. So anyhow, thank you so much for letting me be here. Let's jump into the message, okay? So let me ask you this. Um, have you ever said some words that you wish you wouldn't have said? All the time, okay. You're in the right place, sister. Okay, so me too. So, so years ago, after a church service on Sunday, I walk into the Regal Cinemas lobby, and this lady comes up to me. She's obviously very pregnant, and I was so happy for her. I was like, "Congratulations! How many months along are you?" She goes, "I'm not pregnant." And I'm telling you, it's like my world went into slow motion. I was like. And I'm trying to grab those words that went in her ears and like, no. I mean, what do you say in a moment like that? <laughs> I know you're not. I was just kidding. <laughs> How many of you be honest enough to say that you've asked a non-pregnant woman if she was pregnant? Lift your hands up. Lift your hands up, okay? Yeah. Okay, look around. Look around. Those of you with your hands up, we're going to have a prayer and healing service for us after this service. Because it is so painful, right? <laughs> but the sad thing is, is I haven't done that once. I've done that twice to non-pregnant women. So ladies, listen, I will never, ever say anything about pregnancy to a woman. I mean, you could come up to me. You got triplets. You're nine months pregnant, 10 months, 11 months pregnant. You know, you're just like, ah, you're like, get them out of me. Ah. We see limbs moving in your stomach. I'm saying nothing. If I say anything, I'm saying, why are you, you're so skinny, you look like a toothpick. 
But isn't it true that we've all had those, I wish I wouldn't have said that moment? All of us. In fact, let me just do a little survey, okay? Need all, I need everybody's participation, okay? And, and please don't feel shame when I ask this question because you're going to see a lot of participation in this. But when I ask you this question, just be honest, okay? And uh, so here's the first question. In the last 60 days, how many of you have said some sarcastic words that angered a person or hurt them? Sarcastic words that angered or hurt. Okay, look around. Okay. You get like choke sinners in here. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Here's one. Here's one. How many of you have gossiped about somebody and said something about them, somebody at work and they weren't around? Gossip. Come on, you guys. How many of you gossip? Okay. It's more like Christians here. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. Now, here's one, tough one, but how many of you have said something confidential? You knew you weren't supposed to share it. They said, please don't share it with anybody, but you're like, I'm only going to tell so-and-so, and they're confidential anyhow. How many of you have done that? Lift your hands up, confidential. Okay, let me see your hands, because I want to make sure I don't share anything confidential with you. Okay. The truth is, we've all sinned with our words, right? We've all said things that we just wish we wouldn't have said or that we shouldn't have said. And so today, Jesus's half-brother, James, is going to give us some speech therapy. He's going to mentor us on how we can manage our mouths. He's going to teach us how we can tame our tongues. If you have your Bibles, open up to James chapter 3. If you don't, no worries. We're going to have the scriptures come up on the screen. But we're going to go verse by verse through verses 3 through 12. We're going to jump around a little bit. So let's go ahead and start with what James is going to do here in the beginning is he's going to teach us why we need to manage our mouths, and then later he's going to teach us how we manage these tongues of ours. So he starts off with this word picture on why it's so important that you and I manage our mouths. Take a look at this verse up on the screen. James says, so take ships as an example. Although ships are so large and they're driven by strong winds, they are, say it with me, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. So let's look at this word picture that he's giving us. So you've got this big ship. Let's just use this ship for an example. Huge ship is steered by this tiny little rudder in the back. And so here's what James is saying. Your tongue is like a rudder. Your words steer the direction of your life. It's a small part of your body, but it has a huge impact because it's steers where you go in life. Your words actually steer the direction of where you're going to go in life. And your words not only steer the direction of where you're going in life, but your words also steer the direction of other people in your life as well. And this story rang so true for me when I heard this, the true story of a woman named Cheryl Pruitt. Let me tell you a little bit, a little bit about Cheryl. So Cheryl grew up in Mississippi, and she grew up uh, in this uh, her, her dad had this farm, and, and, and they had this little country store in the corner of, of their farm. And Cheryl had a difficult upbringing. Uh, sadly, she was sexually abused as a, as a very young girl. And then to add insult to injury, she was involved in a crippling car accident that, where she went through two windshields, and her face was just scarred from, from the accident and left her in a, a wheelchair for a long time to recover and so her dad had this country store, and, and every time the milkman would come in to restock the milk 
on the shelves. Whenever he saw Cheryl, he'd look at her, he'd pat her on the head when she was little, and, and he would say these words. He'd say, how's my little Miss America? You're so talented and beautiful. And she'd just beam as this little girl hearing these words of life and words of encouragement coming into her heart. And every time he came into the country store to stock the shelves with milk, whenever he saw Cheryl, he'd say, how's my little Miss America? And so week after week, year after year, every time he saw Cheryl, he'd go, how's my Miss America? Well, in junior high, Cheryl decided to enter a beauty pageant. And then in high school, she was entering a pageant, and she says that she felt like God tell her, I want you to enter the Miss America pageant. And she didn't think she could do it, but she responded to that prompting she heard from God. And get this, if you look up on the screen, in 1980, Cheryl won the Miss America pageant. And when she was giving credit she said that she gave credit to two people. She gave credit to God because the Lord had led her to be in the pageant. And then she gave credit to the milkman. I mean, she didn't go, I want to thank God and the milkman. I mean, she didn't do that. Okay, I want to be clear. <laughs> I heard a few of you chuckling. It's like, no, that's not how she did it. But, but, but she gave credit to this man. And here's what she said, because James is talking about this. She said this, listen. She said, his words shaped my life. In other words, this man's word steered the direction of my life, and it's what brought me here. Now, God led her to be in that Miss America pageant because that gave her a platform. Because Cheryl is a musician, and she goes around, and she sings worship music, and she shares the gospel of Jesus Christ even today. And you think, man, so much of that started because one man used his words to steer a person's life. That is the power of your words. So James is saying, listen, your tongue is small, but whoo, what a big impact your words can have on your life and the lives of others. And so I have three daughters, and as they were growing up, my wife, I knew the power of words, so often my daughter, I'd walk up to her and I'd just say, how's my little Miss Millionaire growing up to take care of daddy? <laughs> You're going to be so rich and generous to me. <laughs> I didn't do that, but I should have, right? <laughs> but, but I really felt driving up here on Friday night before I spoke, I really felt like God was saying, Dave, I want you to encourage people who hear this message to encourage people today. Like, here, here, let, me, let me just tell you this. Here's what I want you to do. Just track with me here. Look at a person next to you or around you. Just, just look to your left or look to your right right now. Just do this. You'll see why I'm asking you to do this. Just look to the left, look to the right. Okay. Now, th- that person or persons you just looked at, guess what? They need encouragement. Now, they're not going to sit there after service and go, hey, will you encourage me? <laughs> Nobody's going to say that, right? But listen. Just because they don't say it doesn't mean they don't need it. In fact, Scripture says encourage one another as long as it's called today. Did you know that the Bible encourages us to encourage others daily? So what I sensed that God was saying was he wants you and me today to encourage somebody in our life. So can I encourage you on the way home? Encourage the people in your car. Text somebody. And think, ask, ask the Lord, who do you want me to encourage 
Because God wants you to use your words to steer and build up. Words that bring life. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't always encourage. You know, I sent my wife a, a text this week. And I just said, I was thinking, man, I have not thanked her for going grocery shopping for, I don't know, a couple of weeks. And I just said, hey, babe, thank you so much for going to Costco. And I was thinking, I hate going there. You know, <laughs> I was like, thank you so much. And, and then I just said, and I've told her this many times. I just said, you're just so beautiful inside and out. And then she texted me back. She's like, kissy emoji. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, stop some more. Yeah. <laughs> But parents, let's speak words of life in our kids. Man, our kids are growing up, we're like, you're so gifted. God has given you so much talent. Oh my gosh, God's gonna use you to make such a difference in people's lives. You have such an amazing heart. And you know, a lot of us didn't grow up with that. And let me tell you this, your kids aren't gonna walk around with a big head. They're like, oh, I'm not gonna do that. They're gonna get a big head, you know, I'll walk around all high maka maka. No, 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 no. Your kids aren't gonna do that. Your kids are starving for, for encouragement. And listen, parents, if you have adult kids like I do, they still need to be encouraged. Amen, everyone? Uh, that wasn't a very exciting amen. Amen. They never encourage me. I don't like encourage them. Let's encourage them. Amen? All right. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So let's move on here. So let's take a look at what James says next, verse 5. He gives us another word word picture. Now he's going to show us how it's so important to manage our words. He says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Now watch this. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Let me show you the word picture he's painting here. He says, this little spark here can do this. One small spark can cause thousands and thousands of damage in a forest fire. And here's what he's saying. Your tongue is small, but all it takes is a few words to burn down a relationship. So because of that, he's saying, Dave, anchor, we need to manage our mouths because just a few words can tear down a relationship. And I don't know about you, but I I know this, is that in, in anger and frustration, sometimes I've said the most hurtful words to the people that I love the most. Have you ever done that? And so, so James is saying, hey, we gotta manage our mouths. So here's the first principle that we can gather from what James is saying. When it comes to managing our mouths, this is the first thing we need to do. The next time you get upset, next time you get frustrated, here's the first thing that you and I need to remember. Here it is, we need to pause. Everybody say pause. We need to, here it is, we need to think before we speak, pause. When I get upset or frustrated or hurt, I need to put my mind in gear before I put my mouth in motion. I need to pause. Next time I get irritated and upset, I need to reflect before reacting. I need to pause. James said it in the same book that we're reading these words from. He said it this way. He said, you wanna manage your anger? Anybody wanna manage their anger? Anybody here struggle with that sometimes? Anybody, okay. He says this, be quick to listen, it means pause. Slow to speak, pause. Then you'll be slow to become angry. See, what James is saying is anger management, don't miss this, this is huge. Anger management is largely a matter of mouth management. 
If you can manage your words, you can manage your anger. Does that make sense? We need to pause. And so the next time you get upset, just, okay, I'm just going to pause. Now, now we're going to see why it's hard to pause. Any of you struggle with pausing? Any of you struggle with uh, being quick to listen? He's going to show you why here in the next verse. Take a look at this. James 3, 7, 8. He says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. Read this out loud with me. But no man can tame the tongue. Okay, so, so here's the word picture. If James was speaking here today, he'd say, hey, you ever been to Sea Life Park? He'd say, you know how they train the dolphins there? The sea lions? You can tame some animals, but nobody here can tame their tongue. It's like, oh. Isn't that crazy? You know what he's saying? For the rest of your life and my life, this tongue is going to be untamable. This is why you and I sometimes say words, we're like, oh, I can't believe that came out of my mouth. Shucks. <laughs> and James goes, I'll tell you why. Your tongue isn't tameable on your own power. This is why it's hard to pause. It's hard to be quick to listen because your tongue it, it's untamable by human power. It takes more than willpower to pause. It takes more than, than human power and restraint to pause. Here's what we need if we're gonna manage our mouths. We need to write this down. We need to not only pause, we need to, say it with me, we need to, we need to pray. And so the next time you're about to say something unkind or, or you know, I, I love sarcasm. And sarcasm's okay if it's lighthearted in the right environment, but, but sometimes sarcasm is like the worst thing in the world. And by the way, I've been married for 24 years. Um, sarcasm needs to stay out of the octagon when you're fighting with your spouse. It doesn't work. And as much as it's like, oh, I got a good one, I'm gonna lob right now. You know, you're like ready to just get back at them when their, you know, words are being exchanged. It's like keep sarcasm out of the octagon. It'll help you diffuse so many more arguments. But James is saying we need to pray. Like we need more than our own power to pause. And so here's how you do it. If you're new in your relationship with God, praying doesn't always mean you close your eyes and you stop and pause. You can just pray in your mind. So the next time you're getting upset with somebody or you're hurt, you're frustrated with that coworker, you just throw up a microwave prayer. We see this in the book of Nehemiah. He threw up a quick microwave prayer. And you just say, God, help. I'm about to say the wrong words. Put a guard over my mouth. God, just help me restrain this untamable tongue because I can't do it on my own. And you just pause. God, help me to say the right words, not the wrong words. Help me to know when to listen, to know when to speak. You just throw up a quick prayer. Oh, you guys, that has helped me so much when I remember to do that. I don't always do it, but when I do, I'm like, oh. Because now you've got the Holy Spirit going, oh, rain in that tongue of yours. It's untamable. I can tame it. Because the Holy Spirit's powerful, you guys. And so we need to pray and we need to pause. Now James kind of gives us uh, another, this is such a sobering scripture. This next one you're about to see. Now James is going to show us why it's hard to manage our mouths again. Look at the next verse. He says this, your tongue, say it with me, it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Okay, stop and think about that. This is what James is telling you. Hey, your, your tongue is full of evil. And some of you are like, no, I'm a nice person. And he's like, you are, but 
you also have an ability to be very evil with your tongue. Your tongue can actually be inspired by hell itself, full of evil at times. Like, that's why we have to manage it. Now, let me unpack this verse here. It's pretty uh, eye-opening. So the Greek word for poison literally means snake venom. So it's like James is saying, your tongue is like this snake, and it's got venomous toxin. And then the word full means that your tongue and mine has an endless supply of snake venom. And, and so it's like James is saying that you're, in your mouth, it's like you're carrying this restless snake that's liable to attack at any moment. And, and so our tongues are just, are, this is why we say things and we're like, I can't believe I said that. Like we were all good here. And then in a few split seconds, I was like, wah, 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 wah. you know, I was like, whoa. It's because our, our words, our tongues can, can just bite people with toxic words. And, and the, these toxic words can be very contagious. And so let me, let me just show you a visual illustration of this. And, and I'll kind of show you in a sense the principle of what James is saying. So let's say there's a dad and he comes home from work. He's had a long day. He's tired. He's hungry. The wife's at home. She's got three kids. They've had a good day. It's evening time. Dad walks into the house. Now remember, James says you, you have a, a snake in your mouth, right? He says your tongue is like a snake. So dad walks in, he's tired and hungry. So just picture this, just, the dad comes in. And then the wife's like, hi, honey, how was your day? Not good. I'm hungry, honey. She's like, oh, okay, okay. Well, um, we'll have dinner in a little bit. Okay, okay. Hey, honey, you know, we, I talked about you going to get groceries. Did you go get groceries? Because I'm really hungry. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry, honey. I couldn't get groceries today. I was, you know, I was, I was shuttling the kids from activity to activity. We just didn't get around to going to the grocery store. Husband says, you didn't go to the grocery store? Really? I told you I wanted you to get groceries, and I didn't have time. You didn't do that? I'm sorry. I was busy with the kids. What? You didn't get poke from Foodland? <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. Wow. Great. Thanks for being so selfish. And then his words just bite his wife in the arm. Those fangs of venomous words. Yeah. And she's like, ah, by his words. And then he's mad at her. So then he slithers away. He's like, see you later. <laughs> and he goes into watching TV in his man cave. Now mom is toxic from these toxins that entered her body from these venomous words. And so she's like, oh. And then the kids are over here, and they're horsing around. She's like, hey, I told you guys, no playing around till you get your homework done. You guys need to do your homework. Be quiet and do your homework. Okay, mommy, okay. And mommy leaves the room, and then what do the kids do? They start horsing around again. And she's like, oh, man, because she's got these toxins. She's like, oh, hey, and she, hey, I told you guys, be quiet and do your homework now. You heard me now. And then all of a sudden, the kid's like, zing, 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 oh, oh, oh. <laughs> And then mom's just mad and toxic and goes, serves you right. No, listen to me. <laughs> now the kids are sitting there like, oh, and they're full of toxicity and it's so contagious. And all of a sudden, who comes? The little chihuahua. He's like, 
and he wants to play, but they got to do homework, and they're mad, and so what do they do, the chihuahua? They drop kick and punt the pop. Boom, boom. I can't believe I'm doing this. This is so stupid. <laughs> Just trying to wake you guys up. Okay. So the chihuahua was like, full of toxins. And then all of a sudden, the black cat walks in the room. And what does a chihuahua do to the black cat? He runs because he knows all cats are demon possessed. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. Don't encourage this behavior. <clears throat> and <laughs> sorry, if you're a cat lover, it's totally a joke, all right? <laughs> I had somebody come up to me one time, like, Pastor, cats are not demon possessed. I was like, it's just a joke, okay. But, but let's, on a serious note, like, isn't it true? that a room can be full of people that are getting along just fine and one person comes home and they're angry and a few toxic words get, get spewed and within a half an hour to an hour, now everybody's upset. And James is saying, that's how powerful your tongue is. Like, Dave, you gotta manage your words because it's liable to attack at any moment. And so how do we do it? We need to pause and then we need to pray and just call on God and say, God, help me manage this restless evil that is lurking in my mouth. Does that make sense? So um, one of the things I want to tell you has helped me out is uh, when I've had a tough day at work, I'll, I'll drive in. This might be helpful too. But when I get home and I park the car, sometimes I'll just take uh, 15 seconds to a minute or longer and I'll just pray. Uh, and I'll just say, God, I'm, I'm tired, I'm fatigued. Uh, it's been a tough day or a long day at work. And um, I, I want to come bring life to my family and not just give them leftovers. And I don't want to get, you know, in my fatigue, I'm, I can be a little bit quicker with my words. And so, God, help me to, to speak words of life. Give me the grace to, to bring words of life to this family, to build them up and not tear them down. I encourage you to give that a shot. It's been amazing how just a, a, a little bit of a prayer time can really help give you the power to be used by God to bring more life to your family than take it away from them. Amen, everyone? Okay, now this next verse is another sobering verse from James. James is so, so like just straightforward, but now he's going to tell us how our tongues are hypocritical. So James is going to show you right now that you and I can be very hypocritical. Look at this next verse. He says this, so with the tongue, we praise our Lord, you know, oh, I praise you, God. And then with our tongue, we also curse men and women who've been made in God's likeness. And so, so James says, so here you are, you can praise God, and then the next moment, you can just curse people. And here's an example how this can happen. So let's say, you know, you're driving, and, and you're by yourself, and you're hearing a song. It's a worship song. And you're like, oh, and you're singing on the way to work. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Then somebody cuts you off, and you're like, you idiot! So stupid, driver! Gosh! Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. 
That's what he's saying, you guys. And then look at the next verse he says. He says, so out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters at Anchor, say it with me. This should not be. Like, we got to manage that. We've got to manage this restless evil, this, this tongue that likes to do both praise and curse people made in God's image. And so now, I mean, if you think about it, James has shared some pretty challenging words. So now we're sitting there going, man, this is hard. Okay, so, you know, first of all, I know that my words steer the direction of my life and others. Okay, that's huge. And then I've learned that just a few words can burn down a relationship. And now I learned I got this like snake in my mouth that liable to attack at any moment. And it's untamable from human power standpoint. So I need to be praying and pausing. But James now gives us an antidote to managing our mouth that is huge. That this next part, if we latch on to this and then we, we work with God to manage this part of our lives, then I'm telling you, you want to change your words, then, then do what James says next. So look at the word picture he paints here. Look at this. He says in verse 11 through 12, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? So quick question, if I have a fresh water spring, Fresh water's coming up. Can salt water come out of that same spring? No. He asks this. He says, my brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or can a grapevine bear figs? And the answer is no. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. And you're like, what is he saying? He's tapping into where our words come from. Jesus said it this way. Jesus said, over, out of the overflow of your mouth, overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, my words come ultimately from my heart. So watch this. He's saying, if you want to change your words, you have to have a change in your heart. And really, folks, ultimately, the only person who can ultimately change your heart is God. Like, God is the best heart changer there is around. And this is why it's hard to change words just by willpower. We need Christ's power to change our hearts. So let me show you a, a chart that will kind of reveal to you where, how your heart is when certain words come out of your mouth or other people's mouths. Because here, here's, here's what James is saying, in essence. Your, your words are a tattletale. Your words will tell you what's going on in your heart. If you want to know what's going on in my heart, just listen to my words for an hour. So let me give you an example of this. Take a look at this up on the screen. So if you have encouraging words coming out of your mouth, that means that you have like a kind heart at the time. You have a peaceful heart. You, you, you have an encouraging heart at that moment. But watch this. If you or I have angry words come out of our mouth, it's because there's one, two, or three things going on in our heart is you have hurt, frustration, or fear in your heart. Because remember, your words come from your heart. It's like a spring. And so next time you get angry, here's, here's why you're angry. It's because you're either hurt, you're frustrated, or you're stressed, you're full of fear, or all of the above. Look at the next part. You ever see somebody that's boastful? Like the next time one of your coworkers comes in and they're kind of like bragging and stuff, you can be assured that they have an insecure heart. Boastful words are just a cover-up for an insecure heart. Same is true for us. Sometimes if you let a few words kind of slip out that are a little boastful, it's really good for you to just pause and just go, God, obviously I've got some insecurities in my heart or those words wouldn't have come out. 
So God, I just would you change my heart there? Because there's obviously some insecurities that are being revealed because of those boastful words. Pray for your coworkers when they have boastful words. They just have an insecure heart. Maybe they need some encouragement as well. Uh, and then if you have blaming words, or somebody else has blaming words, often a bitter heart. Uh, judgmental words can be from an a unconfessed sin in the heart. You know, some of the most judgmental people are the most insecure people, or they have an area of sin in their life that hasn't been dealt with. And so you want to kind of look past people's words towards what's going on in their heart. Let me give you an example of this. So um, I've been pastoring for 19 years now, and in my, uh, about 18 years ago, I got asked to speak at a church, and, and what you don't know about me is that I, I never signed up for this whole pastoral thing. Like, I never wanted to be a pastor. I, I'm the kind of guy that God has to shove me up on stage. It's just not something that I, I've learned how to do it, but it's not something that I, I want to do. I, my first ministry I ever served in was the sound team. I wish I was back there running sound right now. But God's just, this is what he's called me to do. So I get asked, I was pastoring New Hope Windward, and, and then I get a call from my friend, and he pastors a church that at the time had 12,000 people in average attendance. And he says, hey, Dave, can you come speak at my church in a month? And I'm thinking, that's the last thing in the world I want to do. Oh, my gosh, there's 12,000 people, another 3,000 people online. No way. And the Holy Spirit's like, yes way. I'm like, no. So I say, yeah, sure, I'll come speak. And I hang up the phone, and this huge sense of dread just covers me. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm not gifted for that. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not smart enough. Oh, God, don't make me do it. And God's going, just trust me. So I'm full of stress in my heart. I'm working on the message. My wife comes in. At, at, while I'm at home, while I'm typing away, I don't even remember what she says, but I snapped at her. She says something, and I'm like, rrr, 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 and just kind of snap at her. And thank God she did what James is talking about today. She paused. She was quick to listen, slow to speak. Instead of snapping back at me, which is what I probably would have done to her if the roles were reversed, she looks at me and says this, what's wrong, honey? First thought was, what's wrong, honey? First thought, you're what's wrong. That's what's wrong, honey. You're taking me. And so then she, she, she triggers me to, to, to do what James is saying next, and that is to ponder. I need to ponder, like, what's going on in my heart? And so I say, Lord, what's wrong? Like, what's going on in my heart? Because these angry words are coming out. And, and the Lord, the Lord just kind of helps me think in my mind. He goes, the reason you're angry right now is that you're stressed about speaking at this church. And then hear this. He said, you're taking your stress out on your wife. She's an innocent bystander. Don't do that, son. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And he said, you're also frustrated. You're not only full of fear and stress. You're frustrated because you don't have your message done. And you're, you're frustrated because it's not done. And I looked at her, and honestly, my eyes got misty, and I said, I am so sorry. I said, will you please forgive me? Because I'll tell you what's going on is I'm stressed out about this mess. I don't want to speak at this church. I'm scared. I feel inadequate. I don't have the message done, and I'm taking it out on you. 
I said, I'm really, really sorry. Will you please forgive me? And she goes, yeah, it was hurtful, but yeah, I will forgive you, Dave. And then reconciliation began. And so I did what James is talking about next up on the screen is that we need to ponder. Like the next time you're getting upset or hurt, you just ponder, go, God, what's going on in my heart? Because my words come from my heart. And then God changed my heart. Change. Because pausing is great. Praying's even better. But pondering, like what's going on in my heart? Thinking God's presence. And then now deal with the root issue of your words. Because watch this, watch this. Because once you identify what's going on in your heart, then God can change that. And once Jesus starts to change your heart, your words naturally start to change. Does that make sense? And so pondering is enormously important. And a lot of people, that's the step they don't really do. They'll pause and they'll pray, but they don't sit there and go, man, what's going on inside? Am I really upset with them? Or am I just freaking out or stressed out or upset about this thing over here? I also just, I just sense right now that some of us have have done what I did to my wife. Some of us have in anger hurt people with our words. Can I just encourage you today or sometime and just ask God about this, but maybe you just go and seek some forgiveness with them for that. Some of you, I can tell we got some married couples here, some people that are dating. Can I encourage you at some point to just genuinely from your heart sometime in this next week, look at your spouse and just say, will you please forgive me? Like I've just said some sarcastic words to you or some unkind words or I haven't appreciated you as much as I should or I haven't believed in you enough or whatever it is, I've, I've lashed out at you in anger and whatever it is, just say, I'm really sorry about that. And I know how hurtful that that can be and how frustrating that's been. And Will you please forgive me? And then if you're the recipient of that, would you sit there and just ask yourself, how have I done that to them? Instead of going, God, that holy pastor came and spoke in the church. It's like, no, 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 no. What, what's your part? Because it usually takes two to tango in a marriage, you know? Usually we all have our part. But I'm telling you, when you do that, it's God, listen, God opposes the proud, but he draws near to those who are humble. And we need God in our relationships. So just say, please forgive me. Hey, some of you parents, this sense right now. Some of you parents, and you have adult children. Maybe that relationship's been strained. Or maybe you have kids, a teenager, young, whatever, whatever age they are. Parents, reach out to your kids. Pursue them. And maybe you didn't grow up with an encouraging parent. Or maybe you said some words that have been hurtful, and you didn't mean to, but you did. Would you just, just tell them, I'm so sorry. Would you please forgive me? And don't justify. Don't be like, well, it's because you did this and you did that. Just own your part. Just say, I'm sorry. You please forgive me. I'm sorry I hurt you with my words. That wasn't my intention, but I know I did. I'm so sorry. And the Holy Spirit just comes into a family like that, and he starts to mend broken hearts. If you would, just bow your heads with me right now. It's just a time of prayer. If you wouldn't mind closing your eyes. I know some of you here have been the recipient of some very hurtful, angry words. Father, I just pray right now that your spirit would just begin a process of mending the brokenness in their hearts. Bring release from the hurts, the frustration, the stress, the disappointment in the relationship. 
Father, would you forgive each of us for the ways in which we've mismanaged our words? And it's not our intent, but sometimes we've just done that, Lord. And we recognize that today. We're genuinely sorry. So please forgive us, Lord. Father, I just want to pray for couples here that you would just help us, God, and, and for, for that matter, anybody here, Lord. This week, Lord, help us to pause, to think before we speak, to reflect before reacting. And God, help us to pray and to, to draw upon your Holy Spirit to help us tame this tongue that's untamable by a human standard. God, help us to ponder what's going on in our hearts. And Jesus, I just pray as a great heart surgeon that even right now you'd be changing our hearts, bring healing, God, bring hope, change our hearts. As David prayed, God, create in us a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within us. With everybody's heads bowed, you know, the very first step to managing your mouth is to have a close relationship with Jesus. Stay close to Jesus, and I'm telling you, he will help you manage your mouth. If you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, I'll give you a chance to do that here in just a moment. Maybe you began a relationship with Jesus, but you've kind of drifted from that relationship. It's become a little casual or even non-existent. And, and God's just, he's calling you back home today, as Pastor Tom mentioned earlier. Like, welcome home. God's just calling you home today. I would encourage you, if that's you, just renew your relationship with him here. So if you'd like to begin a relationship with Jesus or renew your relationship with him, I'm going to say a prayer. and. You just pray this prayer out loud with me. I'll lead you in it. And, and Anchor family, if you just pray this prayer with me, we can join those who are going to be renewing or beginning relationship with Jesus. Just say these words with me. Just say, Jesus Christ, I turn from my sins. I turn to you. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Change my heart. Change my words. Be my life leader, my Lord and Savior, my heavenly Father and friend. I give my life to you today. Change me, God, for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Let's congratulate those who prayed that prayer for the first time. Congratulations. And Anchor, sincerely, on behalf of New Hope Windward, uh, we just extend a huge mahalo for embracing us as family and for being so generous to us. And I just want to thank you guys for being so receptive and engaging today and for allowing me the privilege to share with you. So God bless you.